Welcome, campers. Settle in tight, for tonight you're in for a fright. Welcome, campers, to Friday Night Fright. We are back with another this week. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And if you didn't guess by now, we are your hosts. Yeah, we certainly are. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you know, it's I'm been just a while. laying it out. Exactly. That's what I'm, I'm laying it out there. You know, it's been a minute. Yeah. But we've been making sure that this episode one's going to bring everyone to the yard. That's true. The yard will be full. <laughs> it will be full. <laughs> We're going to have to start charging admission, you know, to the yard. Yeah. Otherwise, things are going to get unruly. In I know. The yard. And then we're going to sell the milkshakes. <laughs> Wait. What a fucking tragedy that would be. <laughs> There's something. No one likes a milkshake less yard. I know, right? That's what I keep saying. I've said that at least a time or two. <sighs> Do you think we've hit our limit for references to songs no one's listened to in a decade? (laughs) I mean, as long as, you know, we don't get stuck chasing waterfalls, we'll be okay. God, milkshakes and waterfalls. (laughs) That's what we should have named this podcast. Uh, Missed opportunity. Definitely a missed opportunity. What are we doing with our lives? Recording scary stories. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) that's what we chose to do with our lives i this whole time i thought we were doing something different i was waiting for a change yeah yeah what if we just all of a sudden without warning changed the show to like reviewing 90s r&b albums (laughs) i would be so on top of it (laughs) like some salt and pepper yes yeah exactly heck yeah man perfect boys to men yeah yeah i don't know if i want to go straight (laughs) r&b This is a this is a tough one because like I'd like to throw Savage Garden in there somewhere. It could be argued that Savage Garden was an R and B group. It could be argued. You're right, dude. Tell me, truly, madly, deeply, isn't an R and B song? You know, it, it's a timeless classic. I can tell you that. That we can agree on. And with that said, cute Savage Garden, <laughs> truly, madly, deely. Yeah. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Should find out the exact link that you can play without copyright issues. Right. And just cut it in right there. <laughs> That would be perfect. Unfortunately, on a show like this, I don't think it's going to work. No. So do yourselves a favor. Just go over to your <laughs> friendly neighborhood YouTube and listen to it. Pause it here. And then now we're back. What a beautiful track. That was so great. Did you love every <laughs> word of it? I know I did. There are a lot of words in it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So many words. Can't tell it's 2 a.m. or anything. No. You ready for some 
some spooky stories? You want to get into it? Yeah. It's been a minute. I would like to hear some. Yeah. Um, I also have, have one of my own. People who have been following, obviously, you know that we generally put one of these out once a month and we skipped last month. So we're excited to get back we to are, it. With reason. Yeah. Yeah. We got we got good ones. Good ones this month. Um, with that said, let's get right into it. <laughs> Ryan, I want you to go first. All right, fine. Reveal the topic. Today's story, or this evening's story, is called Shadows of Desolation. That's exciting. That's a that's I a know, good right? title. That's, that's an epic title. Yeah. This is gonna be a damn kicker. Yeah. That sounds like a, Are you ready? sounds like an L. Ron Hubbard book. Oh, at least. Maybe even three. It should be stated also. This is a continuation of our um experiment into letting Chat GPT write horror stories. So Yep. These are all AI AI written. Yes, and I love it. I, I actually enjoy it. I yeah, mean, of course fun. we have to we have to provide something. So it's not just like you know going out on a whatever and just saying, Hey, here we go. You know, like we have some some control over it. Yeah. But uh yeah, the whole the, everything that's been created has been done by AI. I will say so. It, settle in. I will say also. Sorry, before we get started. Yeah. Oh, don't don't get settled in. Wait. Yeah, stay unsettled. Um, yes. Okay. Oof. Close one. <laughs> so, I've noticed how much it's improved. Oh, dude, tremendously. That's what I was thinking. Like we've how many have we done with AI? Four now. Is this the fourth one? I I, th- I think yeah. I think it is. Yeah. And it has gotten so much better. And I don't know if it's mm-hmm. the AI getting to know me also. You know? Ooh. I think that's part of it. That could be part of it. That's a kind of a twisted way to look at it. Right. But like, okay, so when you're when you're using chat GPT. They're coming for you, Jordan. <laughs> if it gives you something that you don't like, do you tell it what you don't like about it? Do you like try to teach it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I'll say, like, that was the worst shit I've ever read. <laughs> right. Do better. Yeah. And, like, sometimes it'll prompt you, like, was this okay? <laughs> Did you like yeah. this one better? Yeah. I, but I think so, it, yeah. it, it really does learn from the feedback it gets. Right. So I think that's part of it. I think that's part of why it's how or how it's gotten better over to also yeah. they've updated it and all that. And so obviously there was a big difference there. But like, yeah, I I think that's that's definitely helped helped yeah. and like at least production wise and everything. I mean, is yeah, it's just solid. But it has gotten way, way the writing better. has steadily improved. Oh yeah, for sure. Writing like punctuation, yeah, like well, just the overall. I mean, depth and everything is 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 improved tremendously. Even a few months ago, it was spitting still spitting out stories where like there were no pronouns. It was just all like. Amy went to the store. Amy walked yeah, back that's from right. the store. We and, had an actual conversation yeah. on that. And it's not like that anymore at all. No. No, it's uh I mean, granted, you know, uh, my story does does refer to the names a lot, but it also refers to pronouns. Yeah. I'm but now I'm getting like solid dialogue. I'm getting like Yeah. character development happening within stories. Like it's it's definitely much better than it was when we started. Yeah, who needs authors these days? <laughs> now, don't go so far. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I, uh, I who runs the world? Squirrels. I 
I I am part of the I do align myself with the people who are like it's a problem that for like for some reason we've decided AI should take over creative jobs instead of like factories. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Right. No, I yeah, absolutely. We always thought that absolutely. we would like that we would um that we would use AI and robotics and stuff to get rid of labor so that to free up people for time for creative pursuits and you know what I mean? Like utopia is like all the AI and robots are off doing all the production and people are like laying around in meadows, writing poetry and you know what I mean? That's the life that I want. Painting sunsets. I want to be laying, laying in a meadow right now, reading scary stories. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just under the night sky or under a windless summer day. But instead we're, we're helping perpetuate AI's role in creative pursuits. But I feel like <laughs> I, I also see it as a positive. It's, it's, yeah. it's there as an assistant as yeah, well. It's a tool. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Like, and it can help like, for sure. You know, anyone that's, that's writing or doing these creative things, like get out of these creative stumps that we find ourselves in sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Um, it can, it can be like there to, yeah, just even provide like a suggestion like, Oh, Let's go this route. Yeah. Also, if if you're a creative who struggles being like business minded and, you know, preparing things like um, like proposals to ad agencies or like shit like that, AI is an invaluable tool. Like, yeah, it can write shit like that for you perfectly. Just give you a nice template. You can just fill in the details. Mm-hmm. and then you can write a fucking you can spend your time writing a weird scary short story instead of trying to figure out like how to write a fucking business proposal oh, I, like as as a um as just like a thing to to try out you know it's a unique experiment i decided to try out writing a business plan with that yeah and it was spot on yeah it's good at like, it like completely spot on like everything that i had already planned like it was it had it plus some you know yep. So, yeah, that's really cool. It can even, I mean, it knows programming languages and can write script and stuff like that, which is yep. completely invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself at least where we are with AI now. Definitely on board. I am. Um, I want that Ready Player One experience. Do you? That's the life that I want. Yeah. I want to be able to escape to, like, a reality, put on, like, something where I just fall asleep and I live in a whole other world. Yeah. But yeah, man. And I think I think we're we're almost there. Yeah. Maybe. With the help of AI, you too can prevent forest fires. <laughs> exactly. I um I had this idea and I probably okay. should run it should have run it should have ran it by you. That's the one. Off mic, but I it relates to the story, so or the okay. subject. So I had an idea to Ask Chat GPT. How dare you? <laughs> sorry. Oh, but sorry, I got ahead of myself. I yeah. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I was getting a little antsy. I had an idea to ask Chat GPT to write an entire script for a Friday Night Fright, like beginning to end. Everything that we would say plus stories yes. and everything. Yes. All right. I'm I'm actually into that. That would be cool. I've. I'm really like, I'm curious to see like, cause 
I accidentally, like I was just playing around with prompts with different prompts and it like misconstrued what I asked for on one of them and, or I worded it poorly and it wrote like a small bit of script for a, for a a horror podcast. (laughs) Nice. And it was like, it even had like bracketed music here and like all that. I can't wait until you finish because I have an idea to just really bring this to a whole other level. I'm yeah. Go. I mean, go. Okay. What is it? What if we do this? Have AI write the whole script and everything, but then mm-hmm. we also use AI voice to where you can say like so many words. Like I know a lot of phone operating systems are going with this now as an option that you can do. You can say yeah. so many phrases to where it, it's able to replicate your voice. And what if we put these into that, let AI do absolutely everything, even our, our audio? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be against putting it out, out one episode I think that like would that. be so cool. Yeah. Just, just to like, try it. Take, it to the, take it to the max. Just sit yeah. back and listen to it. Dude, that would be so <laughs> weird. Like, and you're hearing yourself, like, I'm sure it's going to be kind of robotic. Our last would be like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? It might, like. It might be able to go, you know, like sense it off to where it can, it can really do some damage, but yeah, I think it'd be super cool to try. Yeah. I mean, we're experimenting with it, so why not try and push the envelope, right? I'm into it. Eventually, yeah. this is going to be an AI ran show. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We appreciate uh, your time and uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and step back and let, uh, let this guy <laughs> control everything else. Right. Just this section of the show. (laughs) (laughs) With that said, the story is called Shadows of Desolation. The sun hung low in the blood-stained sky as a chilling wind swept through the desolate streets. A once vibrant city now lie in ruins. Its buildings crumbling and streets overrun with debris. The stench of death permeated the air a foul odor that served as a constant reminder of the horrors that had befallen humanity. Amidst the chaos, a group of four best friends, Ethan, Sarah, Mark, and Lisa, had managed to cling to survival. Their bond, forged through years of shared memories, laughter and tears, was the only solace they had left in this hellish landscape. With every passing day, they fought tooth and nail, their lives teetering on the edge of the abyss. Ethan, the group's steadfast leader, navigated the crumbling city with a mix of determination and fear. His piercing blue eyes were burdened with the weight of the world. His once strong shoulders now slumped from the ceaseless battles they faced. He carried a shotgun, his only reliable companion in this world of nightmares. Sarah, with her fiery red hair and fierce spirit, stood by Ethan's side. She had always been the brave one, the heart of the group. Yet beneath her tough exterior, she concealed the sorrow of losing loved ones to the ravelous hordes that roamed the streets. Her weapon of choice was a blood-stained machete, its blade worn and notched from the countless encounters. Mark, a lanky figure with glasses and a nervous disposition, clung to the shadows. 
He had been the brains of their tight-knit circle, always seeking knowledge and answers. Now he used his intelligence to adapt, finding new strategies to outsmart the undead. In his trembling hands, he held a makeshift flamethrower, a weapon born out of desperation and ingenuity. I'm going to try really hard not to make all of my comments editing comments this week. Okay. <laughs> but I have to make one. All right. So there was a line that stuck out of my, I like couldn't focus on anything after, <laughs> after the line. Damn it. Sorry. I'm probably going to need to go back. No. Um, so it said the ceaseless battles they'd faced, right? That was a long time ago. Uh, but it, like, yeah. yeah. How can something be ceaseless and past tense? Ceaseless, yet it still has ceased <laughs> to stop. But it's over. But it's not. It's still continuing. Right, but ceaseless battles. That means each battle was ceaseless. I don't know. You know what? <laughs> That's what I mean. All I just right, had fine. to make one. I just had to make one. It's honestly, this is the way people talk. It, yeah. Right? Yeah. This exactly. is the having like an editor's brain drives me crazy all the time oh, because I, this is yeah. the way people speak. Oh, and I know. Like, I, I see things that like should be rewarded. At least just like this tiny little thing. But yeah. yeah. I have to like, I have to go. I'm constantly telling myself, this is not the hill to die on, Jordan. This is not the, just let <laughs> it pass. Let people speak the way they speak. But yeah. Well, despite their ceaseless battles, they carried on. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> despite them. Lisa, the gentle soul of the group, stood in stark contrast to the grim reality that surrounded them. She had an aura of innocence, a flicker of hope that refused to be extinguished. Lisa carried a small backpack filled with medical supplies. There it is. Lisa. Not she. Lisa. Yeah. Lisa. Yep. Lisa. That's... I like this little group though. It's like a it's like a D and D group. Oh yeah, I mean like, like they all they have like their place and their purpose. Yeah, they all have That's their cool. separate roles. Yeah. You have like the warrior and the cleric and the wizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's yeah, it's cool. Classic party dynamics. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I mean I'm into it. Yeah, this is like almost like a five man dungeon. And wow. Yeah, exactly. Ready to tend to wounds and offer comfort to their darkest moments. Together they ventured into the bowels of the city, seeking refuge and an escape from the relentless pursuit of the undead. They moved cautiously, the sounds of their footsteps muffled by the remnants of shattered glass and decaying rubble. As they rounded a corner, their hearts seized in their chests. A pack of zombies emerged from the shadows their hollow eyes fixed on the scent of the living. With a chilling shriek, they charged towards the group, their grotesque limbs flailing in desperate frenzy. Ethan's heart pounded as he raised his shotgun, firing round after round into the writhing mass of bodies. Sarah swung her machete with relentless fury, severing limbs and crushing skulls with each strike. Mark unleashed a torrent of fire, engulfing the advancing horde in a wall of flame. Lisa, her hands trembling, used her medical training to tend to the wounds afflicted upon her friends. 
This is literally playing. I mean, yeah, it's playing out like that's literally just a battle. This is cool. I yeah. dig it. I dig it. The battle was fierce. The adrenaline coursing through their veins, driving them to fight with a newfound ferocity. But the horde seemed endless. Their numbers swelling like a tide of death. In the chaos, Mark stumbled, his flamethrower slipping from his grasp. No! Ethan shouted, his voice filled with panic. He lunged forward to help his friend, but his momentary distraction proved costly. A decaying hand clawed at his ankle, its cold grip tightening. Ethan's heart froze as he looked into the lifeless eyes of the creature that held him captive. With a surge of strength, he wrenched his leg free, leaving behind a tattered chunk of flesh. The pain was unbearable, but Ethan fought through it. Firing a final shot into the creature's skull before staggering back toward his friends. Sarah's machete slices through the air, her strikes growing weaker with each passing moment. Mark, disoriented and defenseless, frantically searched for another weapon. Lisa, tears streaming down her face, called out to Ethan, We have to go now! Together they stumbled away from the relentless onslaught, leaving behind the fallen, the wounded, and their shattered dreams. The nightmarish reality of the zombie apocalypse had claimed its first casualties, and their grief and guilt weighed heavy on their shoulders. As they disappeared into the darkness, the cries of the undead echoed through the desolate city, a chilling reminder that survival came at a high price. Their once unbreakable bond now faced its greatest test. As they navigated a world where the line between life and death had been irrevocably blurred. So these are slow zombies. Yeah. I mean, these yeah. aren't like your Night of the Living or Return of the Living Dead, like driving ambulances, right. yelling brains, and like <laughs> running and sprinting zombies. Right. Nor or, are they like 28 days later zombies. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That are yeah, sprinting yeah. at you. World War Z zombies. Yeah. Nothing, They're nothing like, like um, that. Because when they decided to leave, they could just leave. I mean, yeah. That's basically you know it. what I mean. Which this yeah. is my preferred zombie. I mean, like yeah. when we get down to it, the ones that would actually be realistic are the twenty-eight days later zombies. Yeah, like those are. I mean, we have diseases and things like that can literally cause those type those type of like characteristics and stuff like that. Sure, um, and drugs. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, so that that I see happening one day. Some like. You know, there's going to be by some bio warfare that's going to be like dropped someplace that's going to cause this, and we're going to hear about it or deal with it, you know, directly one on one. Um, yeah. But in this case, I, I love the idea of just the slow traditional zombies. Well, it also that's sort of a device that allows for the story to focus more on the people because the people aren't constantly under unbearable attack. True. Right. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It gives them. The ability to escape gives them time for for the story to focus right. on the people. Time to develop and time to actually build yeah. the story, right? Yeah. That's why a movie like Well, for instance, that's why The Walking Dead as a comic book and later as a TV show is such a a compelling story because yeah. it was they were able to write a book about like this is a group dynamic and the, under this specific 
stressor. Like, it's basically right. a story about these people, and this is what they're dealing with in the world. Right. The backdrop is zombies. Right. Yep. Yeah. But in a situation like 28 Days Later or World War Z, it's literally that's like, the, here's a series of people yep. surviving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The group, their spirits dampened by the recent loss, retreated to an abandoned apartment building. It offered a temporary respite from the horrors outside, but the building's dilapidated state proved with little comfort. Within the confines of a dimly lit room, Ethan slumped against a decaying couch, his wounded leg throbbing with every beat of his heart. Lisa tended to his injuries, her hands trembling as she cleaned the ragged wound. Sarah paced restlessly, her eyes darting to the cracked window, searching for signs of danger. Mark sat huddled in a corner, his gaze fixed on the flickering candlelight, lost in thoughts of despair. We can't stay here, Sarah finally spoke, breaking the heavy silence. We're sitting ducks, waiting for those things to find us. Ethan winced as Lisa tightened the bandage around his leg. The pain, a constant reminder of their vulnerability. She's right, he admitted, his voice strained. We need to find a safer place. Somewhere we can fortify and regroup. Mark, his voice laden with guilt, interjected. If it wasn't for me, I hadn't dropped the flamethrower, maybe... Sarah turned to him, her voice filled with compassion. Mark, it's not your fault. We've all made mistakes, but dwelling on them won't change the past. Right now, we need to focus on surviving. You gotta cut the foot off. I yeah, that's what I'm thinking, man. Like, it, is it, did it? Was it? Remind me. I'm trying to trying to remember. It was. It was like a he gotten scratched, not an actual bite, right? Yeah, it was a scratch. Yeah. But even, I mean, a simple if, flesh wound. Tis but yeah. a scratch. I mean, if you're if we're talking about like the Last of Us zombies, then you're fucked. I mean, even yeah, a scratch, exactly. You can't even get scratched, dude. Yeah, I agree. It's, but yeah, you got to cut the foot off if it's a contagion of any kind, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're talking like Romero style zombies, where like you come back because there's no room left in hell, <laughs> which is the most dramatic fucking type of zombie. I mean, but like you know. Because that's two very different kinds of zombies, right? One, if you shoot a guy in the head, or shoot a guy, if a guy dies of natural causes, say, right, then he doesn't come back if it's a contagion, right? Well, even if they die due to natural causes, depending if they've been exposed to the virus, right? then, yeah. That's the difference. Exactly. But if you're exposed to the virus, you change whether you die or not. Exactly. You die of the virus, and then you turn. Yeah. Agreed. But, I mean, there are are cases where you can get scratched by a zombie, like some some approaches. You can get scratched all day and have no problems. It's just a scratch. It's really the bite that does it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, it's like, I mean, scratch, like, yeah, you may get some dirt underneath your fingernails, like that, some of that Mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. It's probably going to get infected, but it's most likely not going to pass anything unless there's fluid contact, blood contact, or something like that. Right. But they seem to be reacting pretty dramatically. Like, a scratch is going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Only time will tell. And they know better than we do. That's true. That's (laughs) true. 
They gathered what little supplies they had salvaged and ventured back out into the unforgiving night. The streets were eerily silent, save for the distant moans and shuffling footsteps of the undead. Each step felt like a tiptoe through a graveyard, the very air heavy with the scent of death. As they cautiously navigated the desolate city, the sense of unease settled upon the group. Shadows danced on the walls, playing tricks on their weary minds. Every distant rumble, every creak of crumbling infrastructure, sent shivers down their spines. In the distance, a flickering neon sign caught Ethan's attention. There, he whispered, pointing towards the dim glow. An old warehouse. It might provide some shelter. Hope rekindled within their hearts as they hastened their pace, desperate to reach the sanctuary of the warehouse. The entrance loomed before them, a gaping maw beckoning them inside. Ethan pushed open the rusted doors, revealing a vast expanse of darkness. As they cautiously stepped into the warehouse, their footsteps echoed throughout the hollow space. A sense of foreboding hung heavy in the air, the silence broken only by the distant skittering of rats. They moved deeper into the darkness, guided by the faint glow of their flashlights. Suddenly a shrill screech pierced the stillness, and the group froze in terror. Their flashlights illuminated a macabre scene, a horde of zombies, their decaying bodies hidden in the shadows, closing in on them. Panic consumed them as they fought to keep the advancing horde at bay. Ethan fired a shotgun, the deafening blasts reverberating through the warehouse. Sarah swung her machete with unrelenting fury, striking down the undead that encroached upon their space. I'm starting to think that's the only way Sarah knows how to swing a machete. I, I mean, it sounds like pretty, you know, her follow-through seems to be pretty solid, at least. It's true. Also, this fucking dude needs to trade his shotgun for a crossbow. Something. He's way too loud. I mean, yeah. It, right, exactly. All they're doing is just causing more and more, like, attention to yeah. themselves. These guys seem like noobs, if I'm honest. I don't know, though. They seem like they're going to be pretty solid. Okay, we'll see. Only time we'll will see. tell. They might all end up dead. Ba-da-da! <laughs> Mark, his fear momentarily forgotten, unleashed a fury of flames, creating a wall of fire to halt the relentless march. But the zombies seemed never-ending, their moans blending with the echoes of chaos. Lisa, her face etched with determination, tended to their wounds amidst the frenzy, refusing to let despair take hold. This woman needs a weapon. I, I think she needs... She's always just there like, can I, can I help you? Can I get you a band-aid? Like, yeah, they made her like a straight-up healer. Clean? Yeah, literally, that's and her that's, only job is yeah. healing. Which They need a cleric. They need someone who can fucking I mean, yeah. wreck shit and heal wounds. Right, exactly. She's just running from band-aid to band-aid. <laughs> Yep. Like, I have anti-itch cream, too, if you're feeling itchy. And she just runs out of stuff Everybody to do. Everybody looks at her and says, 
Oh, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) She's like applying sunblock to the fire, the flamethrower guy. You need a moisturizer? I've got some tanning oil. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) With every passing moment, the group's energy waned. Their muscles ached. Their breaths came in ragged gasps. In the dim light, they could see the sheer number of undead still surrounding them. A horrific realization that escape seemed impossible. And then, as if emerging from a nightmare, a figure appeared amidst the sea of grotesque faces. It was a man, his tattered clothes stained with blood, his eyes vacant and hollow. He lunged at Sarah, his decayed teeth gnashing for flesh. Mecha zombie. This is what we call, what, a bloater? Yeah, Yeah. it's an uber zombie. Sarah screamed, a chilling cry that resonated with the depths of despair. The others fought desperately to save her, but they were overwhelmed, their strength waning. In the final moments of the relentless onslaught, the group spawned faltered. Sarah was dragged into the throng of undead, her piercing scream silenced by the ravenous jaws of the monsters. Damn. Sarah goes down. And another less mouth to feed. Man. Heartbroken and battered, the remaining three friends stumbled back, their bodies covered in blood and dirt. They had lost another, a devastating blow that threatened to tear their sanity asunder. In the darkness of the warehouse, they huddled together, clinging to one another for comfort and strength. Desperation filled their hearts as they contemplated their next move, uncertain if there were any hope left in this relentless nightmare. The loss of Sarah weighed heavily upon Ethan, Lisa, and Mark, their grief mingling with the raw, bone-deep exhaustion that permeated their beings. They found solace in each other's presence. Their bond, the fragile thread that held them together amidst the chaos. With heavy hearts, they pressed forward, determined to honor the memory of their fallen friend. The city seemed to grow darker, its twisted alleyways and abandoned buildings, a breeding ground for despair. The very air felt thick with malevolence as if the world itself had become a a theater of nightmares. Jesus. Right? Yeah. This is where it's getting good. This is like if if Gotham City had a zombie apocalypse. (laughs) Jesus. No doubt. Also, noting here for myself, I need to start using the word asunder more often. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Same. Same. It's... I mean, I I don't think I've ever used a sunder in a story. It's great. Until now. I like how it described something immaterial being torn asunder. Yeah. That was nice. That's a nice a nice twist. Yeah, I like it. I think it's yeah. uh ain't decent. Yeah. It's doing a great job. I mean this fucking Dude, this AI is compared, painting a goddamn picture. Exactly. Like compared to before. Like, asking for depth and asking for detail Mm -hmm. and things like that never were as good as this is. No. No. Like, that latest update is, it's, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it's changer. it's gonna be hard to complete compete with now. Like, yeah. yeah. Days blurred into nights, and nights melded into perpetual darkness that refused to yield. The trio scavenged for supplies, their footsteps echoing through the silent streets like whispers of lost hope. Jesus, right? That's so good. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> they had become mere shadows. Wary of attracting the attention of the undead that lurked in every corner. Finally. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like months in, one friend dead. Now they're like, maybe we should be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking get with the program. Oh boy, like build himself a bow and arrow set. Yeah. Not the even other- a crossbow. He just like found a couple yeah. sticks and some, some yep. you know, nice yarn or something <laughs> i don't know would yarn yeah. work on a makeshift bow like uh, air, like bow i don't think so i don't think you're getting much like, so like either. tension Thread, out right? of it right yeah. you need like a very thin but very like yeah like a spider like almost like you know like a like a spider web you'd want like cording right something with yeah, like, strength like but line. give sure fishing yeah. line for like a um recurve bow a classic recurve bow Mm -hmm. yeah yep now if you could wizard yourself up a compound bow you'd use like cording you're a wizard ethan (laughs) yeah he is he's the wizard (laughs) no he's the warrior the other dude the flamethrower guy he's the wizard right he's the one who like builds shit i mean yeah like he's he's like the like the geek like the old hacker of the group and now he's just like made a makeshift flamethrower yeah that's some solid shit. Because that's a low-key weapon right there. Right. It's, it's very low-key. <laughs> As they ventured deeper into the decaying heart of the city, a faint glimmer of light caught their weary eyes. It emanated through an old church, its stained glass windows fractured, but still radiating a feeble glow. A beacon of hope in a world suffocating in despair. Ethan, his spirit ignited by the possibility of sanctuary, quickened his pace. Lisa and Mark followed, their footsteps infused with a newfound determination. The church doors creaked open, revealing a dimly lit interior, the scent of incense mingling with the dust of forgotten prayers. Of course the Catholics survived. But it's just just the way that it, it like says that is beautiful. Yeah. It is. The incense mingling with the dust of forgotten prayers. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Dude, that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Inside, they found a small group of survivors huddled together, their faces etched with weariness and despair. They were greeted with cautious smiles, their presence a glimmer of respite in a sea of darkness. Together, they formed a fragile alliance, united by the shared desire to survive. Days turned into weeks, and the group transformed the church into a fortress, reinforcing its weakened structure and setting up barricades to ward off the encroaching hordes. They scavenged for supplies, rationing food and water, their existence reduced to mere survival. But even within the supposed safety of their sanctuary, fear lingered. Whispers of strange occurrences echoed through the hollowed walls. Unexplained shadows danced along the walls and eerie noises carried on the wind. 
The survivors shared tales of sleepless nights, tormented by nightmares that felt all too real. As the days wore on, a sense of unease settled over the group. It gnawed at their frayed nerves, feeding their deepest fears. Ethan, haunted by the loss of his friends and the constant reminder of the lurking undead, couldn't shake the feeling that something sinister was brewing within their fragile haven. One fateful night, as the survivors sought solace within the church's sanctuary, a blood-curdling scream tore through the air. Panic erupted, and the once unified group was thrown into disarray. Ethan, Lisa, and Mark raced through the twisting corridors, their hearts pounding with dread. They arrived at the source of the scream to find a gruesome scene. An intruder, infected by the virus, had infiltrated their sanctuary, unleashing chaos and death in its wake. The undead intruder lunged at them with frenzied hunger, its distorted limbs reaching out to claim its next victim. Ethan fired his shotgun, the blast shattering the fragile piece. Lisa, her hands trembling, patched up the wounded survivors. Her medical skills pushed their limits. But the damage had been done. The intruder's assault had fractured the group, leaving them torn between desperation and suspicion. Friendships had crumbled, replaced by a primal instinct for self-preservation. In the wake of the onslaught, Ethan, Lisa, and Mark stood amidst the carnage, their faces streaked with blood and tears. The church, once a sanctuary of hope, now reeked of tragedy and betrayal. They were left with a choice. To remain in the crumbling remnants of their shattered sanctuary, or face the unknown horrors that awaited outside. Ethan, Lisa, and Mark stood at the precipice of a fractured existence. Their sanctuary had been stained with blood and shattered by the intruder's onslaught, leaving behind a trail of heartache and mistrust. The once unbreakable bond that held them together had now been weakened, its foundation shaken to its core. Boy, this unbreakable bond is a real roller coaster. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. You'd think an adjective like unbreakable would leave you with a pretty solid foundation. You know, we wouldn't have to keep going back to it to give us updates yeah. on the state it's of just, this unbreakable it's so unbreakable. Bond. <laughs> it is. With heavy hearts, they made the difficult decision to leave the tainted walls of the church behind. The outside world awaited them with its relentless darkness, but they knew they had to face it head on. Together, they forged a pact a vow to survive and rebuild, to find a glimmer of light within the abyss. Probably to form an unbreakable bond. Yeah. That's what I'd do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Armed with dwindling supplies and a flicker of hope, the trio set out into the desolate streets once more. The echoes of the undead served as a chilling reminder of the dangers that lie ahead, yet they refused to surrender to despair. Days turned into weeks, and weeks transformed into an unending struggle for survival. They traversed treacherous landscapes, navigating crumbling buildings and evading relentless hordes of zombies. They encountered other survivors along the way, 
their paths intertwining momentarily before diverging once more. Through their shared hardships, Ethan, Lisa, and Mark discovered a newfound strength within themselves. Their bond, once fractured, began to heal, each of them realizing the depth of their reliance on one another. Together, they faced jump scares that taste... (laughs) (laughs) We're breaking new ground here. We're exploring the taste of jump scares. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you gotta leave that All those yummy jump scares. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, awesome. Together they faced jump scares that tested their nerves, witnessed heartache that threatened to consume them, and endured moments of tragedy and gore that stained their souls. But amidst the horrors, glimmers of humanity emerged. Acts of selflessness and compassion breathed life into their bleak existence. They encountered pockets of resistance groups of survivors fighting against the darkness with unwavering resolve. Hope, fragile but resilient, ignited a flame within their hearts. As they journeyed through the ravaged world, they stumbled upon a community, an enclave of survivors who had forged a semblance of order and safety amidst the chaos. It was a beacon of resilience, a testament of the indomitable spirit of humanity. In this community, Ethan, Lisa, and Mark found a home. They contributed their skills, knowledge, offering a flicker of light to those around them. Together, they fortified their defenses, erected walls to ward off the encroaching undead, and cultivated a sense of unity that had been absent for far too long. The trio, scarred but resilient, became beacons of hope themselves. Their stories of survival, sacrifice, and redemption spread throughout the community, inspiring others to find strength in the face of darkness. They reminded everyone that even in the wake of tragedy and despair, humanity could still prevail. In the years that followed, the community flourished. A new chapter began, a chapter of rebuilding and rediscovering what it meant to live. Ethan, Lisa, and Mark found solace in the bonds they had forged the scars they carried serving as reminders of their resilience. And as the undead hordes still roamed the world, their numbers dwindled. A new dawn emerged, casting its gentle light upon the remnants of a shattered civilization. The scars of the past remained, but they were woven into a tapestry of survival, strength, and the unyielding spirit of humanity. In this world born of tragedy and darkness, Ethan, Lisa, and Mark stood as testaments to the power of friendship, the resilience of the human spirit, and the indomitable will to survive. The scariest thing that they had ever encountered had become a catalyst for their transformation, a tale etched in the annals of their lives, forever haunting and empowering. I wonder if they were resilient. (laughs) (laughs) They're very resilient in their uh, unbreakable bond. Yeah. Their unbreakable bond was super resilient. Extremely resilient, yes. That, I will say that is one thing that the AI still struggles with, which is restating a point yeah. over and over and over again. 
Yeah, I, you know I, I mean? think that's that's where it still still is lacking. But dude, it's almost there. Yeah, like it's getting there. Going through and just and even just finding like these little like you know just the, it's wording and things like that. I'm just like, wow, that's okay. I like that. That's decent. Yeah, yeah. That's a solid ass story. <laughs> yeah, it's a long one, but it's a uh, she's a thing for sure. For sure. Well, you ready to get right into yours? Yeah. What was that? What was that called? That story? This story was called Shadows of Desolation. In the shadows. <laughs> Fans of Shadows of Desolation might find a little Easter egg in, in my story. Excellent. Yeah. So get stoked. Dude, I am so stoked. I can tell, you know. Can you, can you hear it? I can feel it. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Get her, bud. <laughs> Are you ready? Get right in there. Oh yeah. Are right, you yeah, freaking ready? me out? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. What is your story called? The story is called "The Viral Descent: A Battle for Survival." Oh, I'm getting some deja vu here. Are you? We'll leave that a story for another time. <laughs> the moon hung ominously in the cloud-covered sky casting an eerie glow over the deserted streets. The air was thick with an unsettling stillness, broken only by the occasional howl of a distant wind. The small town of Ravenswood, once a vibrant community, now stood as a ghostly reminder to its former glory. Amelia Jenkins, a young woman in her mid-twenties, sat huddled in her modest apartment, desperately clutching a flickering candle for a semblance of comfort. She had heard whispers of a mysterious virus spreading rapidly, turning ordinary people into bloodthirsty creatures of the night. The news reports had become more dire by the day, and the once-bustling town had transformed into a desolate wasteland. As Amelia listened to the silence, her mind raced with fear and uncertainty. The thought of venturing outside filled her with dread, but the scarcity of supplies and the impending danger pushed her to make a decision. Gathering her courage, she resolved to leave her apartment in search of answers, and if luck favored her, other survivors. With a heavy backpack slung over her shoulders, Amelia cautiously stepped out into the desolate streets. The wind whispered through the deserted buildings creating an eerie symphony of creaks and moans. She navigated the narrow alleyways, her senses heightened, every creaking floorboard or rustling garbage bag sending shivers down her spine. As she rounded a corner, a putrid stench filled the air, causing Amelia to gag. She covered her mouth and nose with the sleeve of her jacket, her heart pounding in her chest. In the dim light, she caught a glimpse of a shadowy figure slumped against the wall. Fear washed over her as she realized what she was seeing. A corpse, its skin pale and decaying, its vacant eyes staring into nothingness. Amelia took a step back, her breath quickening. The tales of the virus had become a horrifying reality before her very eyes. The realization that she was standing face to face with one of the infected sent a wave of panic coursing through her veins. She stumbled backward, her eyes darting around, searching for an escape route. So, she's just out there by herself. Yeah. 
Well, she doesn't even have like a posse she's rolling with or anything. No posse. No posse. Did, was she like watching the news? And was like, hmm, better go outside. No, I think we're past news. Okay. Like at this point, everything shut down. She just she, locked herself away for yeah. for a while. Okay. Yep. But then, to her surprise, the creature remained motionless, its glassy eyes devoid of life. It sat there, a grotesque reminder of the horrors that had befallen the town. It seemed as though the virus had claimed yet another victim, leaving it in a state of suspended animation. Relief washed over her, giving her a momentary respite from the, di- from the impending doom. Gathering her wits, Amelia tiptoed past the lifeless corpse, her footsteps barely making a sound. She quickened her pace, eager to put as much distance as possible between herself and the infected. She knew that staying in one place for too long would be her downfall. With every passing moment, the virus continued its relentless march, and she needed to find safety before it caught up to her. As she made her way through the abandoned streets, Amelia's mind swirled with questions. How had this happened? How had a once peaceful town turned into a nightmare? She couldn't shake the feeling that she was being watched, that unseen eyes followed her every move. The town square loomed ahead, its once lively atmosphere replaced by an eerie silence. She cautiously approached, scanning the area for any signs of life. It was then that she noticed a flickering light in the distance, a faint glimmer of hope amidst the encroaching darkness. Her heart pounding with a mixture of trepidation and anticipation, Amelia mustered her courage and headed toward the light. Little did she know that her journey was about to take a harrowing turn, leading her into a world of terror and survival she could never have imagined. She cautiously approached the flickering light, her footsteps echoing through the empty square. As she grew closer, she noticed a small group of survivors huddled together around a campfire. That's where we huddle. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to huddle, too. Yeah, right around the campfire. Yeah. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen and everybody. That's right. Relief washed over her as she realized she wasn't alone in this nightmare. The survivors, a mix of weary faces, eyed her warily as she approached. Their clothes were torn and dirty, and their eyes carried the weight of the horrors they had witnessed. A grizzled man with a salt-and-pepper beard stood up, his gaze locked on Amelia. "'Who goes there?' he growled, his voice filled with equal parts suspicion and wariness. Amelia swallowed hard, her voice trembling. "'My name is Amelia. I... I'm just trying to survive. Are you all survivors, too?' The man's eyes softened slightly, and he gestured for her to join the group. We're all survivors, one way or another. Welcome to our makeshift sanctuary. I'm Ethan. Whoa! (laughs) Whoa! So Ethan has made his way to, what is the sound called? Ravenswood. Ravenswood, which I I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nice. He's, He's been... So if he's... Is at least like Sarah and the others there? Wait, Sarah's the one that got taken, right? Yeah. 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 The others, the other two. Lisa. Mark and Lisa. Mark and Lisa, yeah. 
We'll see if they show up too. All right, I'm ready. Amelia gratefully took a seat by the fire, the warmth soothing her frayed nerves. The others eyed her curiously, some with a hint of desperation in their eyes. Ethan leaned in closer, his voice low. We've been holed up here for days, trying to figure out a way to stay alive. The infected are everywhere, and Ravenswood has become a death trap. Amelia nodded, her mind filled with a mix of relief and apprehension. Too many mixed emotions in this story already. I mean... I'm telling you. But you gotta you gotta think about what they're going through. There's gonna be a lot of mixed emotions. Right, but like there are words that describe a combination of emotions. You I mean, know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. Well, because you can't settle on just one. Yeah. yeah, there can't be one way to describe it. There has to be at least a hundred. Apparently. How did it all start? How did this virus spread so quickly? Ethan sighed heavily, his face etched with sorrow. It started with rumors of a new experimental drug being tested in a nearby lab. People said it had gone wrong, that it was turning people into mindless monsters. But by the time we realized the truth, it had already spread. The dead rose, and the living became infected. Chaos engulfed your town. Amelia's heart sank as she listened, the weight of the situation settling heavily upon her. The horror had spread far beyond her own imagination, and now she found herself fighting for her very survival. In the safety of the campfire's glow, the survivors shared their stories. Tales of narrow escapes, lost loved ones, and harrowing encounters with the infected. Each person had their own scars, physical and emotional, reminders of the atrocities they had witnessed. Days and nights passed as the group hunkered down trying to devise a plan. It was clear that staying in one place for too long would eventually attract the infected, drawn to any sign of life. They needed to find a more secure location, a place where they could fortify themselves against the encroaching horror. A glimmer of hope emerged when a radio crackled to life, emitting a faint signal. The survivors crowded around, their eyes wide with anticipation. A voice, scratchy and distant, spoke through the static. This is a recorded message for all survivors in Ravenswood. The military has established a safe zone at the old abandoned prison on the outskirts of town. We repeat, head to the prison for safety and supplies. Help is on the way. You know what? Like, in this type of setting, I think a prison would be the least thing I'd want to go to. You think so? I mean, I don't know. You already feel like you're confined to, like, this area. Imagine being in a prison or having to sleep in like a cell or something like that. You know, you're just going to feel like you're that much more. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just looking into it too much. Yeah. I think you're thinking more about feelings than logistics. I mean, yeah, of course. Like being trapped in a prison would suck. Yeah. But like, right. But it might be the best place to be. Yeah. Because prisons in the U S are the closest thing we have to fortresses. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's true. That's true. You can assume they already have super tall fences, razor wire. You have Whereas, all the like, like all the barriers for um, for exit become barriers for entry. There's right? like some prisons, some other countries that are like vacations. Like yep. uh, oh, I can't, I can't even think right now specifically. The Scandinavian but, prisons, like yeah, like, like you, Denmark they, and 
literally you get to you can do like activities you get to like have you have your own room or room with another person get like a tv an actual bed and yeah you just get a bunch of free time and get to hang out and play board games and yeah it's like like it actually sounds awesome yeah (laughs) yeah if all your neighbors weren't criminals it'd be it'd be sweet (laughs) but they like the way that they approach it is like they're giving them another chance they're trying to make them better people better. and they see yeah. that as like confining somebody in any in like a you know, prison cell or in the prison system like we have in the u.s that's bullshit you know like yeah. it's not it's not a way to like scare somebody scare somebody straight it's i mean it's you're doing more harm than you're doing good these other yeah, countries like they have they have the right mindset they they're doing it right yeah yeah agree yeah that's a conversation for another time yeah we'll save that for a true crime episode there we go A a wave of relief washed over the group, mingled with a spark of cautious optimism. The old prison, once a place of confinement, would now become their refuge. It was a chance. A slim one, but a chance nonetheless. With renewed determination, the survivors packed their belongings, prepared their weapons, and set out on a treacherous journey. The infected lurked around every corner, their grotesque forms shambling through the decaying streets. Every step was filled with peril, the constant threat of death lurking in the shadows. As they made their way toward the prison, Amelia couldn't shake the feeling that they were being watched. Whispers of movement, distant moans, and rustling leaves echoed in her ears. The infected were closing in, drawn by the scent of human flesh. Amelia and the group of survivors pressed on, their steps quick and deliberate, The infected lurked just beyond their peripheral vision, a constant reminder of the impending danger. The old prison loomed ahead. I bet Amelia Amelia had a real good sense that somebody was watching her at that time, too. Yeah, (laughs) pretty frequently. I think Amelia might just be a little bit paranoid. I mean, there might also be, like, armies of undead out there literally watching your every move. Yeah, you're going to be watched. Yeah. I have a feeling that somebody's watching us. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. No shit. The old prison loomed ahead, its towering walls and rusted barbed wire a grim symbol of confinement. It was their only hope for safety. As they approached the prison gates, their hearts sank. The once secure entrance had been breached, with broken chains and torn fences allowing easy access to the outside world. The infected had made their way in, seeking refuge from the chaos of the town. Undeterred by the compromised entrance, the survivors cautiously entered the prison grounds. The air was heavy with tension, the silence only broken by the distant moans of the infected. They moved deeper into the complex, searching for any signs of remaining supplies or a defensible area. It was then that they stumbled upon a grim discovery. A group of survivors huddled in a small cell block their bodies lifeless and mutilated. The scene was a haunting testament to the horrors that had unfolded within the prison's walls. What happened here? Amelia whispered, her voice barely audible. The others exchanged glances, their expressions filled with a mix of sorrow and dread. This is annoying me. It's a good mix. Ethan approached one of the bodies, kneeling down to examine it. They were caught off guard, he said grimly. The infected must have overwhelmed them, tearing through their defenses. 
Amelia's stomach churned at the thought of the brutal end these survivors had met. It was a stark reminder of the harsh reality they faced. A world where no one was safe, and death lurked around every corner. As they continued their exploration, she noticed a peculiar room tucked away in the darkest corner of the prison. The door was reinforced with heavy metal. <laughs> That's been doing some good heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah. The door was reinforced with heavy metal, a clear indication that it held something of significance. Curiosity gnawed at her, pushing her to investigate further. Why? Like, come on, just leave it alone. Don't you know that Curiosity killed the dumb girl? I mean, yeah. Amelia Dumbface. Jesus. That was her last name. I yeah, think that's I, what I, I remember. Amelia yeah. Dumbface. Yeah. With caution, she pushed open the door and stepped into the dimly lit room. The air was thick with an unfamiliar scent, an amalgamation of chemicals and decay. Her eyes widened as she took in the scene before her. The room was a makeshift laboratory, cluttered with vials, beakers, and ominous-looking equipment. A laboratory? That's right. The remnants of experiments littered the tables, some stained with dried blood. It was clear that this place had been a breeding ground for something sinister. Her heart raced as she realized the true nature of the prison's secret. The infected were not a mere consequence of a failed experiment. They were deliberately created. Ravenswood had been ground zero for a deranged experiment gone awry. Ravenswood, a.k.a. Raccoon City. That's right. The implications sent shivers down her spine. The virus had been manufactured. Its release intentionally orchestrated. It was a chilling revelation, suggesting that there were forces at work far beyond their comprehension. As she delved deeper into the laboratory... Amelia stumbled upon a worn journal, its pages filled with cryptic notes and diagrams. Because people who work in the sciences are definitely still taking notes on paper. They do. Uh, Play Resident (laughs) Evil. Yeah, for sure. The journal belonged to a scientist, detailing the progression of the virus, its effects, and potential anecdotes. All that shit would for sure be on an Excel spreadsheet. Maybe. Maybe they use numbers because they're on a Mac and they didn't want to buy Microsoft Office for Mac. (laughs) That's, yeah. I could be wrong. You're right. Could be. (laughs) It was a glimmer of hope amidst the darkness. Armed with this newfound knowledge, Amelia emerged from the room, her mind ablaze with determination. What is she going to do? Create her own. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I found the cure, guys. We just have to make it. Yeah. I found a diary. She shared the journal's contents with the others, their eyes widening in disbelief. Most of them were like, I don't know shit about science. What's a journal? If we, What's a journal? <laughs> <laughs> what science? If, if this were a video game, they would like... Finding this journal would lead to, like, a weird side quest where you have to get, like, 89 porcupine quills and, like, 14 elderberries. And... Well, now you're playing well. <laughs> yeah. 
right? No, this is like Resident Evil. It cut to us. It would cut to a cinematic, and we would watch all this unfold. Yeah, and a video, and then we'd be like, "Oh my god, it all makes sense because we figured it yeah. out." You got it. Not that the video just told us everything, but that's fine. You ready for this shit? You ready to hear yeah, how ballsy Ethan I'm, has I'm, become over the years? Yeah, let's hear him. He, what is he like? Fifty now? Yeah, at least salt and pepper beard. Wow, he's he's like yeah. old balls, Ethan. Exactly. If we can find a way to synthesize an antidote. We might have a chance, Ethan said, his voice filled with a mix of hope and skepticism. Ethan's secretly a laboratory scientist. Hey, he learned a lot from the dude who made the the flamethrower. True, yeah. The survivors rallied around the newfound purpose, their minds focused on deciphering the journal's cryptic instructions. It was a race against time, a desperate attempt to find a way to save themselves and the remnants of humanity. But little did they know, their every move was being watched. She didn't even feel it this time, apparently. Whoa. She needs to get her feelers checked. Yeah. She needs to be focusing on feeling whether or not people are watching them and let the rest of them synthesize a cure. This whole time, she's been feeling like she's been watching. It's been obvious. Now when right. it's least obvious, she needs that feeling back. Let's help her yeah. get that feeling. How how Amelia got her feeling back, or got her feelers back. <laughs> That's right. That's the spinoff. Yeah. In a world. <laughs> Dude, this is I the think continuation. <laughs> where Amelia got her feelers back. <laughs> I think she's just... God damn it. No trumpets. Alright, I'm done. I think Amelia is just super lucky to have stumbled upon a group of scientists. And now she must fight for survival. With the only means of a cure. And a bunch of dumb friends. <laughs> Coming at you from the creators of Weekend at Bernie's part 13.5. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Amelia 2, Electric Boogaloo. Dude. (laughs) We just made a franchise. That's it. Amelia 3, Amelia and Me. Oh, shit. That's the YA book. It's it's actually a spinoff where she becomes friends with a little tiny alien named... Steuben. I was going to say Steebert, but Steuben's fine. Yeah. This is like the 80s teen buddy comedy. With right. Like, uh, it's like, uh, what's that? The- Mike and me. Yeah. Amelia exactly. and me. A quirky girl who always thinks she's being watched, makes friends with a tiny little alien. Steuben. <laughs> yeah. What bad can happen? <laughs> Find out next summer, 2075. What wackiness will they get into? <laughs> All right. <laughs> what wackiness? <laughs> That's right. Deep within the prison's shadows, a shadowy figure observed them, its glowing eyes filled with malevolence. I thought I was expecting this to be just a fellow. Yeah. You know? But he has glowing eyes. He has glowing eyes. This Mothman. is probably he's probably the biggest, baddest boy. The Uber Uber zombie. The oobs. Right. As we call him. The infected had found a new leader. A powerful force that sought to ensure the virus's grip on the world remained unbroken. Daddy Z. Yes, 
Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. The one that somehow retained its like mental faculties. Right. Right. Yeah. He's like some pissed off kid. Like he was a jock in high school, had gotten into a shitty career after that. And then now he's like back for revenge. The used car salesman. Yeah. The worst. Yep. And that's not used, to, it's not to talk bad about any of you guys that I was are used, say, car to any used car salesmen listening. <laughs> I apologize. I mean, you guys know you've been the brunt of every joke since ever, since hacky comedians in the seventies. I mean, so, yeah. yeah, it's it's a given. So back to Daddy Z. The survivors worked tirelessly, deciphering the cryptic instructions in the scientist's journal. Days turned into nights, and nights blurred into days as they conducted their makeshift experiments within the prison walls. Hope flickered within their hearts, intertwined with the constant threat of the infected that lurked just outside. So, quick question. Yeah. What happened to Daddy Z? He's still lurking. Just watching. So, as days turn to, like, weeks, they're just, yeah. they're just like, he know, they know that he's there, but no, it's like everybody's... they don't. Oh. They don't know yet. Ah, that's, that's that was my mistake. Yeah. Okay omnipotent narrator so daddy z is always watching correct he sees you when you're sleeping yeah he knows when you're awake he knows when you've been bad or good i'm not finishing Uh, it uh, (laughs) (laughs) finish it yourself listeners you already did you know you already did amelia ethan and the rest of the group began to see glimmers of progress They synthesized small batches of the potential antidote, testing it on the infected they managed to capture. Some showed signs of improvement, a flicker of humanity returning to their eyes, while others succumbed to the virus, their bodies convulsing in agony. In their quest for a solution, the survivors had unwittingly attracted the the attention of the infected leader, the shadow figure that observed them from the darkness, known as Daddy Z. Daddy Z. For you non-American listeners. Hey, I prefer Z over Z anyways. It, it makes more sense. It way more It just sense. does. Yeah. It's, it's the metric system of letter pronunciations. Yeah. Yeah. Also Zoms. Yes. Also that. Its presence grew stronger with each passing day. Its malevolent intent palpable. One night. God damn it. One night. One night. On a night like any other night. There was a night. One night, as the survivors celebrated a small victory, a deafening roar echoed through the prison corridors. Roar! The infected had launched a full-scale attack, sensing the vulnerability of the humans within. The survivors fought back with all their might, their weapons clashing with the relentless horde. Amelia gripped her makeshift weapon, her heart pounding in her chest. Somehow they were able to spend all their time work. They can synthesize a fucking cure for the disease, but she's still using a makeshift weapon. I mean, yeah. She, like, picked up, like, some, like, old, like, random tire coat iron. hangers, tire irons. <laughs> coat hanger. I like that she's better. Like stabbing with the coat hanger. <laughs> get back, get back, get back. <laughs> Oh, goodness. She's got, like, an ice cube tray. <laughs> smacking them. I'm gonna give you... It's filled with ice, mind you. Yeah. I'm gonna heavier. make you real cold. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite way to fight zombies. <laughs> oh, well. 
I know what I'm doing in the next zombie apocalypse. That's right. Stalling up, up ice trays and coat hangers. <laughs> oh, collect yourself. The prison became a battleground, a symphony of screams and bloodshed. With every swing and strike, the survivors fought for their lives, their will to survive unyielding. As the chaos unfolded, the shadow figure emerged from the depths of the prison, his eyes blazing with an otherworldly glow. It was the embodiment of the virus's sinister force an entity determined to ensure its dominance over the world. The survivors rallied together, their determination undeterred, as determination often is. (laughs) (laughs) It's ceaseless. That's right. They unleashed the synthesized antidote, injecting it into the infected that could be reached. A glimmer of hope emerged as some of the creatures reverted back to their human selves, joining the survivors' ranks in the fight. <laughs> so they just, like, pick up where they're at, and they're like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to fight now. Yeah, they just switch sides. <laughs> what? Amidst the... You know what this reminds me of? This what? reminds me of a battle in the old Warcraft games, where you could, like, turn the goblins back into people. Okay. You remember? Yeah, and you, fair. like... You, like steal their ranks and they instantly become yours hey i mean sometimes mind soothing and mind control is a powerful thing right mm-hmm. yeah something like that <laughs> <laughs> amidst the chaos ethan locked eyes with amelia his face etched with determination we have to stop that thing he shouted over the cacophony it's the source of this nightmare how dramatic Ethan has become quite the little drama queen. Yeah, but he's also a leader now. He is. A full-on leader. Amelia nodded, her grip on her weapon tightening. Her so nice cube tray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this story didn't stand a chance. I can't lose these last three cubes. This story didn't stand a chance against us at 3.30 in the morning. All right. Oh, man. All right, finish it up. Let's let's take her home. They charged toward the shadow figure, their allies fighting alongside them. The battle raged on, their movements fueled by desperation and the desire for a world free from the clutches of this virus. In a climactic clash, Amelia and Ethan confronted the shadow figure. Its dark form twisted and contorted, the very essence of evil personified. It doesn't need to be the essence and personified. No, it is. It it's has both. to be. No. It's, it yeah. has to be. For the sake of the story, it has to be. It, yeah. I think, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, evil, the evil essence must be personified. With every strike, their weapons met resistance, as if the figure defied the laws of reality. But the survivor's tenacity prevailed, with one final decisive blow. Amelia and Ethan struck the shadow figure, piercing its core. Ice cube tray, coat hanger, double attack. <laughs> and whatever Ethan's got going, I'm sure he has like a real weapon. Yeah, yeah, probably. Maybe. Or like is like the back end of a hammer. He's yeah. like beating on him. <laughs> taking out like chunks of his flesh here and there. A burst of dark energy erupted, dissipating into nothingness. The figure let out an anguished shriek, its form disintegrating into ash. Silence fell upon the prison. 
broken only by the labored breaths of the survivors. The battle was won, but the cost had been high. The prison walls were splattered with blood, a reminder of the lives lost in the fight for survival. As the survivors gathered their wounded and took stock of their losses, Amelia gazed upon the desolate prison. The virus had been dealt a blow, but its scars would forever mark their lives. With the antidote in their possession, the survivors ventured beyond the prison walls carrying hope in their hearts. The world lay before them, ravaged by the horrors of the apocalypse, but they would not surrender. They would face whatever challenges lay ahead, for they had witnessed the resilience of the human spirit, a spirit that refused to be consumed by darkness. Amelia Jenkins. That's not her last name. That's not name, her last name. No. Amelia Dumbgirl. Dumbface. Amelia Dumbface. Amelia Dumbface, once a fearful young woman, had become a warrior in the face of annihilation. And as she stepped into the unknown, she vowed to fight for a world where humanity could rise from the ashes and reclaim its future. And she yelled, Amelia Jenkins! (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. It was nice to have a sequel for Ethan. It was. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm pleased to see where he's ended up. Yeah. Unfortunate to know that the world is still in shit shambles, but. Right. So they, they leave with this antidote. Like they have like one. To go spread it around the world. No, they synthesized it. They turned this abandoned prison into a, a pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical manufacturing plant. So like, yeah, but I, they can do this around the world. And they're just going to leave with it. What do they? They have to have millions of these, right? Yeah. You would think so. <laughs> they're just carting along, just dragging it in like a Santa Claus bag behind them or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just dropping it in the water supply here and there. Yep. Hey, I mean, that's all you got to do. Let it rain. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Much like, much like, you know, most creative ventures, the sequel had nothing on the original. <laughs> 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 I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I just, uh, <laughs> just like real sequels, it was a lot of fun to make fun of along the way. Daddy Zed was my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. He was a good, he was a good character. Yeah. A solid villain. I don't know what the fuck he was. Some interdimensional evil. I mean, you know, he was, he, he was everything. He had a full, ch- like, he was chock full of the T virus. Like, he became, like, the tyrant, you know? Yeah. He was a personification of a evil. nemesis. Nemesis. Maybe exactly. even, yeah, maybe even nemesis. Nemesis was bigger, badder boy. That's true. I liked it though. Yeah, me too. Me too. I had a lot of Silly. fun with it. It was it was fun to fun to listen Agreed. to. Agreed. Yeah, this was quite a ride, Ryan. <laughs> An emotional ride at that. Yeah. And there were times I laughed, I cried. Yep. And there were times that I, I took stock of random objects around me to pretend the characters were using them as weapons. Um, you you have an eye stray around you? No, I went into my mind oh, for that one. I was one. gonna say that was I, oh, that was I ventured one. deep into my mind for that one. I mean, think of all the damage you could do with a coat hanger and a filled like I like ice <laughs> full <laughs> ice tray. Very little. <laughs> And imagine if it's not a plastic one, it's like one of those old like steel ones or like metal ones, you oh, know? Man. Aluminum, if you will. I just imagined Amelia running up behind Daddy Zed 
and just like thwacking him across the calf with a wire coat hanger. And he's like, ow, why would you do that? <laughs> Start sobbing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't do anything. Right? Oh. He's like, oh, my revenge. <laughs> oh, man. You campers, if you're still around after an hour and over, well over an hour and a half, if, if you're still around, you should, um, if you're listening on Spotify, you should use the little comment guys for this episode and suggest themes for future AI stories. Yes, that would be fantastic. Because we've done, we've done zombies. We did, what else have we done? Alien abductions. Abductions, yep. We did uh, just. Ooh, man, I'm trying to remember what was the other one. I think there was one other one that we did was theme that was themed. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. remember right now. But no, that that's a terrific idea. Yeah. I mean, give us more more ideas. Is this one was obviously a zombie yeah. one? I don't think we mentioned it at the yeah. start. And if you listen on a, a platform other than Spotify. Just hit us our, hit up our Instagram. There will be a post about this episode the day that it drops. So go there and drop a comment, um, or our Twitter or Facebook group, whatever. Go anywhere. And give us a email. Yeah. Contact at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. Yep. Literally anywhere. Just, yeah, we we want we want to start gaining getting some suggestions for for these. Yeah, I, I like I like the themed yeah. ones. I th- I think it's a lot of fun. Same. And just seeing how different yeah. these, these stories could be. For sure. Um, also, with that said, please go check out Patreon. Yes. We are doing episodes, lit- I mean, literally weekly episodes, uh, post pre-post companion show episodes that uh, are, you know, based around our new episodes launching that week, coming out that week. <laughs> yeah. Although um, they have nothing to do with the episode. Fr- it's... They don't, they don't. It's just more about like us as people, and we just kind of chat yeah. for a while. Yeah. So if you want like an intimate uh, experience with us, yep. join the campfire yeah. club. It's a hangout for sure. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot more coming out on Patreon yeah. very, very, very a soon. Ton. So yeah. please do yourselves a favor. Um, we'll be updating tiers very soon, so hopefully that'll open it up for more people that just want to want to join in and join the fun. I. I think that's going to do it for this uh this week's Friday Night Fright 12.